0: Still got one man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently
1: on the outside. Hello, and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Charlie, two wins from two now. Um, you, you, your curse has been lifted, it would appear.
2: Yeah, I know. You'll be begging me to come back if I ever leave, Gabriel. <laughs> uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it, it was beautiful. <laughs> just put it that way. And Tom, nice to see you again. How are you?
0: Good to be back with you, boys. Yeah. And how often do we celebrate a last-minute Victory uh, from behind, often the other way around. So nice to be on the on the winning side of things. Yeah,
1: and uh, a little peek behind the curtain. Last weekend, um, I didn't get many Valentine's Day cards, but my weekend was filled with cards <laughs> this weekend, lads. Um, yeah, obviously, the, the weekend was littered with them. But, Tom, two red cards in the Bath game really kind of, um, I guess, shaped the, the course of the game in the end.
0: It did really, but I mean, I think we we played our worst rugby really in the aftermath of that 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 first red card for um, Gloucester prop uh, ripar Ruskin. Um, I don't know if we want to go into the the, the red cards themselves. Um, for me, there was there's, there's no real debate on on either of them. But I think, as we often see with with uh, red cards, that first half um, that first half sending off really galvanised Gloucester, um, and they made it life really tough for us um, in 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 that first half. Well, yeah, let, let's
1: get into the specifics of the game in, in, in a minute, uh, Tom, but I'll just come to you, Charlie, with maybe just like a quick kind of 10-second overview of, of how you left the game. Um, a win, but, but 16-14 against a team with, 17, with 14 men for almost 17 minutes, as Tom says. What were your overriding emotions immediately afterwards?
2: Oh, well, it was relief, to be honest. I thought... Uh I mean I was I was punching the air, I was doing a Stuart Hooper, I was buzzing for that win. I mean that's the thing, like it wasn't ugly, but one of the defining features of uh well, Often you can say a defining feature of a good team is winning when you play badly, and we won when we played pretty badly. I think, and uh, doesn't that doesn't mean to say that we are a very good team? <laughs> because I don't think we're quite there yet, but the pieces the pieces are there, and we have shown we can do it. And I, I just it is so important to get a win and to get two on the bounce back to back is is huge because otherwise we just fall back you know down into the doldrums and that that win against sale was just a flash in the pan but Mm -hmm. uh i mean i've won i I don't necessarily think that the game was actually defined by the red cards um Mm -hmm. we can get into that in a minute but i don't think it was i don't actually think they had uh the effect you would expect from a red card uh on the game but i guess we'll get we'll get into that Mm -hmm. That's i'll 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 bite my tongue for a second yeah no yeah
1: let's kind of um Get into get into the well just before we do actually tom i think you're right charlie when you say that was a kind of big result in terms of when you look at the table and it's pulled us a little bit further clear of gloucester and of worcester but tom how big would that win have felt even more big if the news of the previous week of relegation being scrapped hadn't been been announced that would have been a a monumental win for bath and i think a, a huge blow for for gloucester
0: yeah, th- th- that was my immediate reaction to it. I mean, clearly, I was I was really happy to to, to get the result. Uh, maybe not quite as happy as, as Stuart Hooper or or Tom Dunn, who were letting out some um, pretty terrifying roars at the at the final whistle. Um, and clearly, you know, the players from Gloucester will have been really disappointed, um, particularly as they had lots of chances to to win it. But as you say, G, you know, Gloucester in 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 last place, us in tenth place. Um, an eight-point swing, um, or yeah, an eight-point swing on that um, sort of seventy-seventh-minute pre kick—it would have been one of the the defining moments of the season. Um, and for me, you know, that's without wanting to get it get down a rabbit hole here—that's one of the reasons why I really hope that this is a one-off. This this kind of scrapping of, of relegation. Um, I think having jeopardy in a league and having the threat of of relegation. Um, i think is such a such a key part of any of any competition um and as you say we enjoy rugby for for the game and the the performances and there's plenty to talk about there um but you do kind of lose a sense about like, the wider implications um of the game um in 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 the situation that we're in Mm. yeah I agree so boys let's get
1: we've teased it enough let's get into the game but before we do I'll just say follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug hit subscribe in your feeds as well Um, and Tom's told me that we've got to get in the first five minutes that we're now on Spotify so we're on Spotify (laughs) Um, so hit subscribe there as well and share the podcast with your mates but um, enough talking lads let's get into the game and I think Charlie whilst the game kicked off uh, at quarter quarter to eight on on, on Friday night obviously the game really nothing happened for those first 10 minutes until that Val Rapava Ruskin red card so much kicking and neither team wanting to take the game by the scruff of the neck, scruff of the neck it looked like to me
2: yeah, it's odd because normally we come out the blocks firing, and we, you know, for the first two or three minutes we're 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 unplayable, and then that seems to be all that all that we've got to bring to the party. But no, we uh, yeah a bit quiet, and then yeah, it, it kicked off with with Val Rapava R- R- Ruskin sort of leading leading arm and you know sort of swinging elbow up into uh, Josh Bayliss's chin. Um, ended up, you know, I, I think it was yeah the, the right call was made. Um, and he was, he was sent from the field. And I mean, initially I thought it was quite, I mean, you, know, you, you immediately, when there's an early red card, you think, ah, oh, well, we've got to win this um, because uh, pieces, which, uh, and as Tom sort of mentioned earlier, it did sort of galvanize Gloucester. Although I, this is a sort of situation where I thought we massively were missing someone like Josh McAnally because we seem to just fall completely into Gloucester's hands. Like they decided to take back off. Um, They took off uh, Tom Seabrook, uh, who was playing 12. And I thought that that was going to be a terrible decision um, because it just means that there's so much space out wide, but they wanted to therefore keep it tight. And we just seemed to keep it tight as well. And we were just trying to kind of bash our heads together, like, like two goats. And it it, it just, I just felt like there was no sort of quick decision-making, on on the fly for us just to kind of recognise that mm-hmm. we've actually got to place some rugby and you know, shut the ball out because that's where we're going to you know be rewarded. I mean they're down to fourteen men and we 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 seem just to be you know, running at a brick wall. Um, and, you, and yeah, and you, that was sort of
0: a go on, Tom. So you hear you hear so much, don't you, from Stuart Hooper and the players, like you know stick to our systems and um, stick to the, the the game plan we've got in place. And clearly the game plan was to try and you know beat them up. As we often do, it's basically just win an arm wrestle um, and, and not let their dangerous backs um, get the ball. Um, but I feel like I don't know. I think this is maybe a theme that we've seen from Bath. We just weren't um, able to to adapt to the situation. Like that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, taking off the, their inside centre. Um, that surely that means that in most situations, there's new front row on as well. So it's front row for inside centre. In most situations we're going to have. A man advantage, and we're it should be a case of relatively simple hands. And we get the overlap into you know the hands of of Will Muir or um, Tonda Glanville or, or oh whoever. Gosh. And it took us until the 39th minute with a penalty advantage. And we only really went for this because we had a penalty advantage, and it was kind of a throwaway play. It took until that point until we had our first proper attack out wide, and all it was was a safe case of you know, some, some admittedly really nice but simple hands from uh, Priest and Matabasi and then Jonathan Joseph on the inside, mm-hmm. straight through and it's, 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 a, it's a two-on-one with the full under the posts. And I don't see how, well, I don't understand why Bath players with, with the experience they've got, Ben Spencer, Reese Priest and halfbacks with their experience can't head, look up and say, right, let's change our game plan slightly to reflect what Gloucester have done um, because I think that way would have made our lives so much easier. And a couple of quick tries out wide would have kind of stopped Gloucester's, uh, Gloucester dead in their tracks.
1: Mm. And it would have made Gloucester have to, have to play a lot more rugby as well. If we got ahead to, to kind of a lead, then they'd have to kind of alter their game plan with a back off the field. And I think you're right. But I do think we kind of weren't helped by the fact we barely had the ball in that kind of, in the ensuing minutes, from the ten minutes until the thirty-nine minutes, we barely had the ball, and I just think we we, we kicked it away a lot, and we kicked it away pretty poorly. And our, our discipline was poor. I think we conceded four yeah. the, the next four penalties after the Varepava ruskin red card, and our set piece as well. Like all things that that if you don't get your discipline, your set piece, and your kicking game right, you're just not going to get any ball. And I think we lost two lineouts in that in that kind of period and with the scrum was kind of backpedalling so I think you are right Tom it would have been it would have been an, uh, kind of a good idea to get the ball in the backs and get the ball wide but I think we barely had the ball and when we did have the ball it wasn't in the right areas so um, I think there were other factors okay. to, to to why we, we weren't able to get the ball wide
2: well, I mean I'm sorry. I, just, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was some pretty aimless kicking like going on, which, which yeah, it's not going to help your, your, your territory and therefore uh, your possession. Because if you're always trying to clear your lines, you're not going to have much of the ball. Um, but at the same time, when I mean, one of, well, there was this moment that stood out for me, it was maybe, maybe on like the 30th minute and we had a line out and uh, it was kind of again, lineout is sort of your your best attacking ball, sort of you know, j- just outside of the of the Gloucester twenty-two. Lineout comes, we take it down, and we decide to maul it, and then the maul breaks up. Uh, whoever is at the back probably done you know, breaks off, carries, and then it's just again pick and go, and again pick and go. There was about four phases, and then we got turned over. And I was thinking, we haven't even tried. I mean, Priestland hasn't even touched the ball. No one touched the ball. A back didn't even touch the ball, and this was off our sort of first real attacking position. And, and we've mentioned that there's that they're down to fourteen men, the mm-hmm. man down back. Like so it, 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 it was quite frustrating because I mean, all of us sort of watching the game recognised that you're going you've got to attack wide to get. I mean, to, to make the most of this, to make to make the most of the situation. I just felt like no one was sort of standing up in a bar shirt. And grabbing everyone else by the scruff of the neck, or saying, "Look, this clearly isn't working. We're just bashing our heads against the wall. Let's 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 try something else." There seemed to be it's it's sort of it's Plan A, or we throw our toys out the parameters.
0: Yeah, and there was there was like there were loads of opportunities, weren't there? Like, yeah. But the one that stuck in my, mind, I jotted it down, which um, you know means it must have been a kind of notable event in my mind. Uh, <laughs> how often I take notes, but the. Um, I think it was 34 minutes and we had a scrum on the five meter line, our ball towards the left hand touch line. Um, And, you know, scrum is perfect opportunity in this instance. All eight, all eight of their forwards are sucked in. That should be, um, you know, simple two on one, find the, find the extra man, try time. Like it it should be so straightforward. Um, And, we just weren't, you know, I think the ball became kind of like stuck in the middle of the scrum. We're about to kind of get a little bit of dominance and get over the top of the ball and um, Falatao just stuck his hand in and just kind of pulled the pulled the ball back right in front of the referee. And you just think, Jesus, like this guy is, he had a quality game. I'm not, that was, that. he was great. Maybe he had a great game. But that was that, you just think, Jesus, like that is an open goal. That's uh, about as an open goal as you get in rugby. And, um, we're, we're able to to convert and yeah we're being down and because because we got the win and we went into half time up um, but yeah I think the way we reacted to that, that red card um, and kind of the fact we were so set in our ways as you were saying Charlie I think that's got to be a cause for concern Yeah and Hooper's explanation or, or reasoning behind it was
1: he almost was suggesting that the players were confused that uh, a forward had been sent off, but then they took because they took a back on to bring a forward off to bring another forward on the prop. It was almost suggesting in his post-match interview that that kind of threw them off. It's like you are right, guys, when you say that that that, that just needs kind of like some clear leadership and just some, someone just to react on the fly. I think we see often with with England when they play is that as soon as something kind of goes off script, that's when the the players really struggle to react. And I think Bath, you guys are right. I think. Whilst the, the factors I was saying have a, have a kind of um, a part to play, you are right, there were opportunities and, and we were showing no ambition to get the ball wide until, as you say, Tom, the 39th minute when... Um, a, a really nice carry from Josh Bayless in, in the centre of the, of the park and then penalty advantage and the ball goes wide and yeah, some slick hands from Matt from Matavesi JJ and then to Glamble to, to score in the corner. Charlie, a really, a really nice try and kind of the only, almost the only memorable moment from, from that first half apart from the, 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 the that part of a Ruskin red
2: card yeah it was a it was a fantastic try i mean uh, broken field, as you say i mean of course it wasn't coming from set piece but um uh, <laughs> the broken field running was yeah it was it was brilliant and again, i mean there were definitely like some positives uh like to come out of the game i mean will muir what what a player that guy looks i mean obviously he's he's played in the international sevens um and you know, you think more more of a reason to get the ball to him because he's used to having a bit more space in the field, but you know, he, he looks incredible with his big striding run. Um, uh, and otherwise, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the hands from JJ, it was beautiful when he mm. sort of flicked it back inside, uh, to the Glanville and then he, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was just great. Um, a great, he's hit him with two and one there to finish it off. And, uh, yeah, Falatau we've mentioned had another, he had a, you know, on the whole very, very
0: good game. And yeah. again it's like again, it's like it feels like sorry, Jay I'll, I'll just quit it. again, it feels like roles reversed we said this last week, like how many times have we worked so hard in the first half only to concede just before the break, and for that momentum shift to to to, to happen, and it was the opposite you know if you're if you're a Gloucester player going to going into half time there, like you are really demoralized. You worked really hard to get six nil up. you've battled for thirty one minutes with without your your loose head prop um, or your inside center. And then suddenly, one sort of break of play, and in ten seconds, you're 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 behind. Um, so I think that's another um, a positive thing we can take. We um, we've 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 and we saw it towards the end of the game. Like we we are, I think, managing games a little bit better, um, and we 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 have less of a tendency to to concede or to be on the back foot um, in kind of those momentum swing moments. Mm, yeah and I think last week against Sale as well we scored two of our
1: tries in, in the, the final 10 minutes yeah, of that, exactly. in that first half so yeah those championship minutes kind of at the end of both halves I think I don't know whether it's more by by luck or it is actually they're starting to manage the games better but over the past two weeks they have been important you mentioned Will Muir then and oh, I can't actually remember who it was someone on on so on so Twitter got in touch with us to say that he runs exactly like uh, Phoebe our friends um, so yeah the the, the, the uh, <laughs> Um the 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 comparison is amazing when she's when Phoebe's running the park. If you're a big Friends fan, I'm sure you'll know exactly who it is. Uh, wh- which part I mean, sorry. Um I can't actually find the guy's name. But yeah, look out for that one. Next time you see Will Muir uh, in action, Tom. I don't think <laughs> we can have any complaints about the the what well, I don't think Glosser can have any complaints about the Varepava Ruski in the red card with his arm clearly away from his body striking the the, the face the chin of Josh Bayless, and Bath fans really can't have too many complaints about the one that Mike Williams got on, on on 51 minutes. I think if he hadn't got one, Tian Schumann might have had his, his, his evening, <laughs> evening for what's yeah. a, could yeah.
0: have a double. It could have been probably what would be the first first double double red card. <laughs> Yeah, I think like that that in a nutshell is exactly what um you know World Rugby are trying to uh, trying to iron out. I mean, I have I have a little bit of sympathy for Mike Williams in that he always tries to hit he always tries to whack people as hard as he can and because Schumann comes in at the same time, the tackle area is very very congested, so it's not easy for him to him to wrap his arm, but the thing that he can control in that instance is is his height. Height, oh, yeah. And he, he is way too high and, and and that's never been allowed. Like people coming out and saying, you know, um behaviors need to change and and all that kind of thing. I just like that 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 has never been allowed to tackle someone at that height directly to to the head. So um it's it yeah, it, it it was, you know, I think uh, obviously evened it up a little bit. Um but also I think looking forwards, it's a concern because um, obviously filling in second row Josh Bayless, as we'll come on to who will be losing as well so it leaves us even shorter um, in 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 that department I was going to say Charlie if you're walking the dog near the uh, near um, or down again maybe you should pop in and see if you can get up in the line out uh, are- <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah d- definitely my uh, my height
2: uh, obviously all all six foot seven of me yeah yeah <laughs> <might have> <laughs> Yeah. Um, no. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think you can really complain about the red cards. Um, uh, I mean, I was relieved that it was it was only it was only one of them um, because yeah, you, you probably could have played Russian roulette with either one of those two. Um, it's like it's like but, an Apprentice when, when Lord Sugar
1: used to drop a double firing out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Barnes just drops a double red card on us out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I think Shuman. Yeah, actually, but... I
2: don't know how that would have turned the tables. <laughs> but no, one thing very odd, yeah, is so uh, what's, his, what's his name uh, Moyle? Get, he was he was the one who, who hmm. received the high tackle. He gets hit in the head, but. Then he's not. He doesn't have to go off for an HIA. I don't really understand it. If, somebody's, if someone's hit in the head for which is a red card offence, which means it directed the head with force, as they say, I mean, surely he's got to go off for an HIA. I, I don't really understand it. You, you see these situations where I mean, we're really trying to clamp down on it and look after the players and uh, so on and so forth. But why is he then not going off the field for an HIA? I mean, it just seems. It seems if if someone's yeah, uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying.
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether they can do like a quick check, like some uh, one of the medics can run out there, and I don't know if there's like a quick HIA where they they ask him a couple of questions and then from that they decide whether he needs a HIA. But I agree, Charlie. It seems strange that 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 why that why like they're trying to stop concussions from headshots, but when there is a headshot, they don't even check if the guy who's got the headshot is yeah. concussed. Yeah, I
0: mean if that's not if that's not HIA, uh, if that doesn't deserve an HIA, then what is happening in these uh, rucks and how hard are these guys getting hit um, that are going off of HIA so regularly? It seems like you know, um, kind of misdirected if that if that is the case. But um, I was interested I was interested, guys, i would get your thoughts at half time. So a couple of substitutions. Um, one enforced by an HIA, actually Ben Spencer for Paul Chudley, who perhaps we can come on to, but um, Tien Schumann on at fullback for um, for Tom de Glanville. Injured I think well. injury. He was. Oh, was that an injury? Legs, oh, I as well, yeah. Because I, I, I was, I was, um, I assumed when Schumann came on, I thought potentially he'll go to ten, and Priestland will go to um, to, to fifteen as he's done before. So, what we, I, I guess, you know, we spoke about this a bit during the game. But what were your guys' initial impressions of like, our first forty minutes of rugby from? from Tien Schumann? Um, well, I think it could
1: have been only 10 minutes after his after his high shot. And I, I just don't think probably. he really got into into the game uh, at full-back. And I think it probably would have been better for us to, to kind of see him at 10 and then allow Prieston to step in, not only when he's kicking... At goal clearly that was important at the end, but also kicking out of hand and trying to control the game, and then let Schumann play fly half and 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 try and run that back line. I agree, it seems strange. I don't know if they just wanted to try and keep as much consistency as possible, Charlie, instead of moving two guys around. Just simply move Schumann into foot into fifteen. I don't know if he's played much there in South Africa, but I just don't think he really managed to get himself into the game. And I, I can remember specifically in kind of having one turnover conceded, obviously the the high shot as well. And I think they were kind of the standout moments in a pretty quiet performance from a guy who clearly out of position.
2: So, so, you can't have too much criticism of him. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think you can. You can judge his performances uh, mm-hmm. so far because he was he was playing at twelve against Sale, I and he's been playing at fifteen against. He's uh, right, going to, have to get into the team somewhere, mate. Reese Prieston's playing like Dan Carter, so. Well, I don't know about that. He's kicking like Dan Carter, <laughs> kicking like Dan, Dan Carter, carter for yeah. sure. I mean, the man, the man needs to carry his nuts around on the wheelbarrow for that uh, for that <laughs> kick at the end. He was, was incredible, Jesus. but yeah, twenty twenty seven kicks. About. It, it's, that's nearing Premiership records, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but I mean, so yeah, his kicking's fantastic, but I, I still don't think that. That Priestland was exactly setting the world alight. I mean, he, he he kicked his kicks, but he didn't really do much else uh, in terms of getting that backline going against, uh, yeah, against against fourteen men. I mean, that that's uh, if he had done that, I, I'd be probably waxing lyrical about him right now. But he, I, I, I still going forward, haven't quite. He's still <laughs> part part of it's the game plan, and I mean, but and this is what confuses me a little bit about Bath is is at the moment our our game plan. Being so blinkered into just trying to beat teams up uh, that you know, we're sort of chucking the baby out with the bathwater when when we don't realise that there's 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 a, an overlap to be had every single play. I mean, and but part of me thinks sh- surely surely this backline does. I mean, surely Jonathan Joseph, Will Muir, Tom De Glanville, the, these exciting backs that we've got, surely they don't want to be playing like one out rugby, beating teams up i mean i'm sure tom dunn is absolutely loving it he's in an absolute element and looks like he's in his element but surely these backs are wanting to chuck the ball around a bit uh, i mean yeah. i suppose you've got to trust in the system but it, it, it just seems so obvious when we actually did chuck the ball out wide
0: after 39 minutes and gain away a point but yeah. Have we mentioned the did we discuss it last week or was it not announced the worst kept secret um about roose priestland uh, obviously, I mean.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know if we actually mentioned it, Tom. So, well, on. we've mentioned
0: yeah. it, but yeah. Know, I whether it I know whether that you take that. whether you take whether you take it as official confirmation on this podcast or from the club, I mean, that's up to you, but. <laughs> It
2: was so badly kept, so I I thought thought they were just announcing old news. Um, uh, Do you think they just copied and pasted the the
1: press release they did, what was it, a year and a half ago now, when they announced (laughs) that Reese Prieston was leaving and then realised they couldn't get anyone else through the door and he was still the best option, so they announced he was staying. I don't know whether it was just a simple copy and paste and go-home early job for the media guy.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be the final straw for the media team if there was a retraction in a couple of days. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they probably got a press release for that as well.
0: Yeah, all yeah I, thought the, I thought the interesting point from Hooper that we weren't sure of is whether they, you know, they were still in the market for another fly half um, and, and kind of what that would, uh, what, what, what that would look like. Um, we obviously mentioned the rumors around Cipriani, um, but it seems like um, you know. We we are still looking for, for a fly half. So whether that's kind of more high profile or more kind of stand-in, experienced, versatile guy, that'll be really interesting to see because I think that'll tell us a lot about how they rate Tian Schumann. Mm, and how quickly as well, I know we keep going back, well, I certainly keep
1: going back to him, but yeah, yeah. how quickly they think Orlando Bailey can uh, develop into Bath's long-term fly-half. Let's not um, get too far down a, a rabbit hole talking about Bath fly-half, because we've definitely done that before. Um, and we mentioned that the, the, the Vauerpava-Ruskin red card, Tom, maybe had a galvanising effect for Gloucester and Bath weren't able to exploit the, the width that that may have offered. What um what effect, if any, do you think the Mike Williams red card had on the game, both for Gloucester and for, for Bath?
0: Yeah, I, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, um we we started the the second half, so you know, the first kind of twenty minutes, I guess, um and, and we had basically all the ball. I think forty-six percent of the, the game in that first half of the second half, if you like, was played in the, the Gloucester twenty-two. Yeah. Um so We'd certainly, I think, had some, some harsh words, probably um, along with the, the half time oranges from, from Stuart Hooper, because we came out and we, we did look a much more energised side. And I'm going to go back to this, uh, something I said, I said uh, last week. Um, I think the addition, well, I'll kind of word this carefully, but I, do, I think that Ben Spencer looks, to me, a shadow of. There we go last season. I really do. And I I I I we know what a class operator is. He's one of the best in the country. He should be involved with England. Maybe that's disappoints him and is weighing on his mind. More likely, I think it's an element of of tiredness. He's played a lot of rugby. He's had a lot of responsibility put on his shoulders for probably the first time in his career. Um he's clearly kind of a, a leader within the squad. And he's he's not really had a break. He's been playing for full 80 minutes regularly. Um and I, I just think he looks, he looks flat. You know, his kicking, again, was often kind of straight up in the air and quite inaccurate. We never, we've never seen that from him in Saracenshire or in a bath shirt until the last couple of weeks. And I, I, I just think that we need to make the most of, um, you know, potentially Chudley being in some better form and also the other options that we've got in, in the squad. Um, and, I, you know, he, he obviously went off with an HIA and so he may well miss... Um, the game against um, Northampton Saints. And to be honest, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world long term. I think to me, he strikes me as a guy in, in need of a break and Chudley brought more accurate kicking game and actually a little bit more fizz from the base um, gee, I know you'll disagree, but well,
2: I just don't. I just don't see. I, I
0: so
1: I I I agree to an extent that Ben Spencer is not nearly as influential this season as he was when he joined in that post-lockdown period. I think in that period, I spoke Tom about him being our Jenga piece, and if that we removed him from the lineup, everything would would kind of fall over. And I don't think he is kind of that influential at the moment. But I'm just not seeing the Improvement under any circumstances. When Will Chudley comes on, I don't think the kicking is much better. I don't think there's any more pace, and I just don't think he offers anything. Like anything, there's no pace, there's no accuracy, there's just no. There's, I, maybe that? that's Weird. hard, but there is just like he just doesn't do anything as a as a as a kind of front line from half. And maybe we we don't... want him to do the basics, but I just don't think he's offering anything. Bringing anything to the, the party?
0: Yeah, he's not going to be the kind of guy that is zipping around the fringes and 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 you know going through like Spencer does, chip and chases, etc. But i and obviously we don't have the stats, and I know there's a lots of variables that go into this. But to me, the speed of ball improved hugely in that that second half, and I know that we were more on the front foot and we had more more of the ball. Um, and it, yeah, it's difficult to say what, why that is, but I, I just thought he added some pace of ball. And when you're playing in as we were in that first bit of the first half, when you're playing against a team with uh without an inside center, um, if you can get the ball out of the breakdown a bit quicker and into the fly half's hands, even if you're no attacking threat around the fringe, I think that's that's a positive. And um yeah, you really I, opened the game up with all those tries we scored in the second half. Well, I know we should have done. You know, like I say, we played we played 50% of the game. Um, of that first twenty minutes, second half down in the in the Gloucester twenty-two. So uh, you can't just blame Will Chudley for not getting over the line. But I, I just think, and I, I, you know, he. I'm not saying that he sh- he's a f- the first choice or anything like that. I'm just saying, quite simply, Spencer looks tired to me. I think he'll get a break for the HIA, and I think that would do, um, that would do him and ultimately us the the world of good because it's a very long season and it's it's game after game until May really. Yeah. Mm.
2: I would argue I would argue on the Spencer front. Uh, he played uh, He played the first half with a pack that was being pretty bullied, actually, at the scrum and the set piece. We, I mean, we, there, there were plenty of times where we were scrabbling the ball out the back of the scrum. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, maybe he needed a bit more front foot ball like we were getting at the end of last season. But again, I just think he's a guy who's probably had his confidence knocked quite badly over... Over the last couple of months, after yeah. being in such flying form, and yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily. I don't know. Well, no, yeah, yeah, maybe he's a bit knackered, I I, 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 think maybe it's not necessarily the worst thing for him to have a week off, or you know, to be dropped to the bench and not play a full eighty like he normally does. But I don't necessarily think that it's 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 because Chudley's playing better than he is or in better form. I, do, I, 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 I do side with Gabriel on the fact that I, I didn't I didn't notice you know, a world of change when Chudley came on. It seems, it seems sort of much for muchness in my yeah. opinion.
0: Well, I'm the fact that you're saying it's not a massive step down, that is a big improvement because, gee, you normally, um, you normally stop watching when Will Chudley comes on. <laughs> no, that, that's... The fact that, the fact, that <laughs> the, the fact that it was much for muchness. Not, like, not every time. <laughs> the fact that it's much for muchness, I think, says, um, says, says uh, a lot about both. We're, we're obviously... Right, let's let's get off. Let's get off well, the can pass, I, halfbacks. Can I can I can I talk about? Um, we talk about guys that have, you know maybe been a bit knocked um, in their confidence by um, by you know missing out on England and uh, you know unfairly so in the case of, um, of 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 Spencer for sure. I just want to say what an, another great game for Tom Dunn. Mm. I, I yeah. just do. I do not know how the man does it. He. It, <laughs> He must. He must be made of granite and just like two ears stuck on, which are constantly bleeding. Because he he went. He goes again, and he it's ridiculous. And he's now he's a double threat now, triple threat. Line out, tackle, carry. Hear me. He <laughs> honestly. He's carrying. He's breaking tackles at will now. And um, you know, if Luke cowan wasn't in such good form, um, I think he'd be really banging down the door to get some more, some more, uh, some more England caps. Anyway. I just want to. He, he was carrying close to the line, wasn't he? In kind of trying to get it back
1: towards some remnants of, of reviewing the game here, um, and I think there was a moment in towards the hour mark where we got. Consistent penalties on Gloucester's line, uh, and we kind of tapped and go, tapped and go. I think two or three occasions. Eventually, they got the turnover. I think Bath all, all the players went, all the supporting players went off their feet in the breakdown. Charlie, I don't know if, if if you agree, but I think that felt like a a moment where the game could have swung back in Gloucester's favour. And I think you know, for, for for the 40 men of Gloucester, that was a real um, that was a real confidence booster that they could hold us out and eventually go down the other end and score.
2: Yeah, it was. It's so one of those sort of odd ones where you weren't quite sure what uh, what sort of messages were coming onto the field because we went for the corner, we went for the corner, we went for the corner, sort of turning down and kind of give me three points. And then, yeah, uh, and we, we 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 did look, in, in fairness, we looked like for all love and money that we were going to get over the line. But, mm. uh, yeah, it, that was a frustrating one.
1: Um, uh yeah. Yeah. And having having kicked sticks, Tom, when it was fifteen v fourteen, that consist like not kicking sticks there when it was fourteen v fourteen,
0: that seemed like a strange tactical decision. What yeah. what, what was going on there? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, you made you made that point. I yeah. I, I think that's another case of potentially not thinking the situation through and adapting and just kind of playing on you know not on instinct but just kind of making the decision there and then without any real. Um, thought to like what's our actual strategy given what's happened to to Gloucester and then given what happened to to Mike Williams with us us losing a man as well. And I think yeah it's an interesting one because I think premiership teams have seen Exeter kick to the corner and have seen them score almost at will from from picking and goes and, and from tap from tapping and goes and, and driving balls. And it's very attractive when you can do that. But it's 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 not easy to do. You know, Exeter have have honed that as a cornerstone of their game over the last um, however many seasons. I um, just think that we're not playing to our strengths. I think, you know, particularly in kicking to the corner, when we're down as we are in in terms of muscle in the second row, we don't have a, you know, a frontline line-out caller um, in, in the second row with with McNally and Yule's both both out as well. I just... And, and then we've got Dead Eye Dick in the number 10 shirt. I just do not understand why where the where kind of the 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 decisions being made to go for the corner it seems like a much better kind of return on investment just to try and take the sticks when it's it's nine times out of ten that he he gets them even when they're difficult 10 times out of 10 at the moment 27 times out of 27 yeah yeah. i mean like when you put it like that like he's nearly equal johnny wilkinson with the most consecutive kicks Mm. In Premiership history, and we're kicking to the corner with an attack that it with when we've got the worst try scoring record in the Premiership. I mean, when you put it like that, like what kind of strategy is it? Uh, yeah, and I just,
1: I, yeah, I agree that we should have been kicking stakes. But what I would want is just some sort of consistency in strategy. Like yeah, there exactly. just needs to be a, an idea of what they're meant to be doing when they get in these positions. And and there's no, and I, and I hate. I hate if someone says on on commentary says, oh, the players know from the the feel of the game out there. That's complete bollocks. Like There should be a consistent strategy. What they think is more likely to get them more points
2: is the three points. What, Charlie? There's no... No, come uh, No, 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 no. Come on. There's definitely an element of instinct and feel on on the field. No, you should should think we we get three points doing this and that 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 has that percentage of chance. And if we kick to the corner, that has this percentage of chance and we get five points or seven. There's no mathematics. Like, there's no. Well, tell, uh, tell Chris uh, Ronshaw mathem- <laughs> Hey, look, no, but no, there's, there's no like simple mathematical equation. Like, this is 72% chance and this is 95% chance. So let's go 95% chance of getting points. Like, because the, yeah, the chances of getting points are different. But uh, look, I, I, I agree that the decision making was odd to, you know, Fifteen versus fourteen, we uh, we kick sticks, and then fourteen versus fourteen, we kick for the corner. You know, at arguably easier an easier position in the field. But to say that there's there's no feeling on the on, on the pitch, there completely is. In rugby, there completely is. In this game, I think the feeling was we're not really getting uh, we're not really getting the massive upper hand. If you're dominating a team up front. Oh yeah. yeah, the corner. Like, if if you're playing rugby and, and there's there's a feeling on the pitch that you think, oh, we're absolutely having them at every mall here. Yeah, you kick for the corner because you're having them at the mall.
1: Yeah, if you're having them, in the
2: mall, if you're having them in the mall, but I think that's different
1: from kind of having like a like, oh, we feel like we can do this over when we haven't when we haven't done that once over the whole game. I just think there needs to be some sort of clear strategy, and obviously that can change if you do. So, yeah. You know, uh, in,
2: in this instance, yeah. I uh, in this instance, yeah. I, I don't think. That I wasn't getting the feeling. Maybe there's a feeling on the pitch, but I don't I don't think there would have been um, that. Yeah, that, that you should be. We should be kicking for the corner. But you know, in, in 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 general rugby, yes, of course there is. Is what I was saying.
0: Mm. And the, and the reality is that you know when you actually look at them making a decision, they're looking over to the to the stands and where the, the coaches are, and they're getting a signal on on what they should be doing. I I, I agree with you, Joe. I think. Um, I think that there should be like a, a strategy that, like a policy in place like Reese recents kicking really well we're down um, second rows Our you know first choice props are away with England that the status quo should be kick sticks unless there are a certain set of circumstances going on eg we've got a couple of men up, e.g. we're dominating them in the mall or in the scrum, or if we need to get the four try bonus points, something like that. But I don't understand the kicking for the corner in the first half because there wasn't anything mm. that he um, uh, would have suggested that we should have changed from that policy. And mm. it's something that we've, we, we've kick sticks, like for most of the season, we've taken that option. So I don't understand why, um, why, 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 why we changed, really. Especially, and especially
1: as they as they weren't missing that man in 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 the forwards, which even with the red card, but as you said, Charlie, they took off the the centre Seabrook. Um, kind of, let's try and wrap this 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 game up as best we can, then, boys. So, um, some terrible defending before we get to the, the the brilliant Reece kick. Some some terrible defending to talk about, Charlie. Like I'm no defensive genius, but. Um, uh, but giving Louis Samet kind of as much time in the world as he wants to to get to the outside, to get to the corner, and give a simple two-on-one, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the best thing to do, especially given kind of how well he's been playing recently. I don't know. Is that is that going out on a limb?
2: <laughs> Probably not. I think I think you're you, you're safe enough on that one, game But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just he seemed to have all the time in the world. Whether that was just him, uh, it just but it did seem a bit like there was sort of. Yeah, no one's chased up and put the pressure on him when uh, uh, when JJ slapped that ball down. But perhaps they were thinking, well, JJ's slapped that ball down. It's definitely going off the field. If we, if we don't allow them to score, they're giving a penalty try and, <laughs> and they, they, they don't have to kick from the corner because... Thank God he missed that kick because otherwise we would be playing a slightly different game. Uh, awesome. uh, We've worked out the the, the defensive strategy of, of, of
1: Neil Hatley, we, or whoever is the defensive coach. Let them score in the corner. That's what we're doing <laughs> <with. laughs>
0: to, to take the lead. Yeah, you'd look at you'd, look at you'd look at our defence. You'd look at sometimes <laughs> the season and you'd think that that was it. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: yeah, exactly. But it's uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was pretty poor. Um, defense in nice, that instance, yeah. But uh, more you know, more double deputy
1: for, for JJ then to to pick up the yellow card. Um, but then Tom, the kind of the moment of the weekend for for a Bath rugby fan. What were your confidence levels when you saw where that uh, where that Priestland kick was going to be from, and also the the strength of the wind, which blew away the, the Billy Twelve trees previous conversion. How, how confident were you when, when that penalty was awarded? Well,
0: you've, you've watched rugby with me hundreds of times and you know that particularly when it comes to Bath, I'm, um, I'm always about as pessimistic and have as, I, I've got as low expectations as I can possibly have. But I just felt that, you know, he's so ice cool in those situations. It took me back to that Ospreys, uh, the Scarlet, sorry, away win. We beat the Baka Scarletts and he just kicked like six penalties in the in the rain. Um, and and we we just we just scraped that win there. If there is if, you know, he if there's one man on the planet potentially who you pick to do that, it would be Reese Priestland. Um so yeah, I, I was I was actually I was actually strangely, strangely confident. Um and yeah, I think you know what I what really warmed my heart was the reaction of some of the some of the players a couple of minutes later. Um, you know, that it clearly, even with without, you know, relegation as we've said, it clearly meant a hell of a lot getting that ugly win and grinding it out. Um, I think if if he'd missed that or if that try had been, you know, the, the final word from Lewis Ludlow, um, like it, it's crazy in, in, in a game like that and in sport how um how much on a fine edge um kind of emotions of, of elation and complete disappointment can be. Yeah, honestly,
2: yeah. I was I was so shuff. I've said it. Man needs to carry his nuts around in the wheelbarrow because to kick, oh. kick that anyway. that far in those conditions.
0: Who was on Twitter as well? One of you two. You got a bit carried away and said, "Give him a ten-year contract." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was me. Yeah, well, I thought we, like, we I, could go back on so not on letting him go again.
0: Um, mate, this is. I saw this one of the, I think most interesting tweets I tweets I saw about this game. Um, from, from Jim Whittington that I thought I think sums up sums it up really well um, after that Reece Priestland kick and he says a strange juxta- juxtaposition without Reece's kicks we would be in a hole with Reece we can't get the ball moving through the backs it's just such a it, it's, it is I think it's spot on and it's such a strange um, strange situation and, and Priestland brings his benefits um, but you know um, I'd go back to a Stephen Dold or a Books James in a heartbeat. Mm. And I think yeah, that's I been t- sorry, Charlie, go on. No, no, no. no.
2: I mean, I was uh, all I was going to say is yeah. That's uh, looking back on the game as a whole. Obviously, there were plenty. I mean, yeah, there were plenty of negatives to take. But I mean, the biggest positive that shines at all, I think, is the fact we got the win and mm. just having. Having that feeling after a game, it, it almost makes it all, all all a bit sweeter when it's when it's so tight and stolen at the death, like like, like we mm. did then. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just just on that on that Reese point, Tom, I think that's
1: where Tian really does. There's pressure on him to really get this backline firing because if he doesn't, then it'd be so easy to, to go back to to, to to Priestland and rely on that consistency of kicking in tactical game. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Charlie. I think great to get the win, but A pretty dire performance particularly you know lost the the worst team in the league um and and at home off a win against sale and to just scrape through with a penalty right at the end having played against 14 men for 70 minutes yeah i think tougher tests are definitely going to come for this bath team and um uh, yeah I, I really i think that 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 we may be kind of papering over the cracks with that win but but yeah maybe it'll give them some more confidence and, and, and go on to to the the saints game tom last thoughts for you from you on this on this game
0: i just think yeah you know, I, I saw a fair bit again on on social media of people you know criticizing some of the reaction of of you know hooper he was he was clearly really elated as some of the players and kind of saying you know, how can you celebrate when when we played that badly and we did play badly but how many times have we played well and just lost and people have said oh performance doesn't matter it's ultimately the, the results that, that you know um, push you up the table and, and, and determine how good a season you have so I think sometimes I do have sympathy for, for Hooper and like because um, uh, they can't really win um, in that respect um, and ultimately as you said right at the start of the podcast Charlie good teams win ugly and i'm not saying that either of those teams were were good um but i think you know 6 7 times out of 10 we beat them more comfortably at the rec um and sometimes you've just got to dig deep when you've got injuries and you've got guys missing and just scrape um the win however you do it yeah that looked like a Stuart Hooper there in a very nice red jacket, looked like a man who who
1: knew his, his job was starting to build under a bit of pressure. And that roar at the end was definitely one of relief from the big man. Um, you're right, Tom. I think a lot of injuries uh, throughout that game kind of maybe gone unnoticed. We mentioned TG. Tom de Glanville, we mentioned, uh, Rocca de Goonie, um, Spence, as you say, failed, H-I-M, Mike Williams, uh, we anticipate, will probably get a three-week ban for that. Um, and Bart's resources were depleted even further this week when it was announced that uh, Jamie Barty and Josh Bayliss, probably more surprisingly, uh, have been called up for Scotland. Um, now, I think... Bayliss and Batty can both be released on Thursday but clearly that will affect the preparation of the guys this week. Um, but firstly Charlie I think for Josh Bayliss this is a a, a reward for a, a fine start to the season.
2: Yeah, I mean he's been he's been fantastic hasn't he? He's uh he's looks yeah, ahead of a player. Um he's been one of the standouts consistently uh uh, in every game he's played this season and yeah uh, fully deserved from him to have a call up to the Scotland squad and you know uh, he may not you know break straight into it uh, this week but um, you know it's uh, it's it's nice to get the recognition when uh, you're playing so well mm. Yeah but then looking ahead
1: Tom slightly to the, the the game against Northampton Saints on Sunday I think we'll come on to Northampton Saints in a little minute but um the lack of second row for Bath and, and kind of who's available. Whether we do go, we do have McNally available, or whether they do pick Elliot Stuke, who, who will be available for selection, but clearly um, is in the middle of uh, um the in the front of the court, and uh, he's got a lot of other things on his mind. Clearly, uh, and we don't know what the club kind of wants to do in terms of internal punishment. So it'd be interesting to see. I think Bath selection, particularly in that in that engine room.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were we were down to our last couple with um, with Williams and, and Bayless doing a stellar job filling in um, the last couple of weeks, um, and then we lose both of those guys for for the reasons you guys have mentioned. So we are now properly down to the um, you know the the last last reserves. There, um, you know, I think you know Elliot Stooke obviously available for for selection. I'd be quite surprised if he's rewarded with a start coming straight into the, the 15 we may see that he comes into the 23 as, as JJ did but obviously there's there's more going on with the Stook situation so um, I'll be very interested to see how how Hooper plays that and particularly if we get any um, any comment from Hooper on on the situation and how they're gonna gonna play it the other guy Charlie who I know that you're a big big fan of and who we know is close to coming back is is Will Spencer um, I think but but I think this weekend well it sounds like maybe a little bit a little bit too soon obviously he had a neck injury so he, they won't be rushing him back yeah it's one of those tricky ones I mean he he
2: he's very close but yeah neck, neck injuries is the one you can't thing, yeah you don't want to you don't want to
1: Tom Ellis back though in the Tom morning. Ellis yeah was yeah so gonna. got Tom Ellis available and, and maybe McNally and then the, these young guys um, Staddon and Stadden, yeah. the other guy as well. He's been on the bench, a bit Richards. I think maybe they, maybe yeah. they get rewarded with a with a start. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see that the bar team selection. Charlie, what have you made of of Northampton Saints? I, I think it's weird, isn't it? Every time um, bar team to to have a. a game the following week. The the, the team has played their best performance the week before. Northampton Saints go to Sandy Park. You know, I think Wasps beat Exeter and then we played them. I think Quinns beat Wasps and then we played them. And now, again, it seems to
2: have happened to Bath. What have you made of Northampton Saints so far this season? Bristol having just beaten Exeter as well. Mm. Uh, We seem to to be in the wrong place at the wrong time Uh, pretty regularly at the moment. But... Saints have um, Saints haven't been um, particularly great uh, as, as a, if you look at the season as a whole. I mean, they only seem to be where they are in the league because uh, of a couple of cancelled games that they've been beneficiaries of. So, um, yeah, they obviously dug deep against Exeter, beating Exeter at any time during the season is a phenomenal uh, achievement at the moment. But uh, I, I think Exeter proved they're actually a pretty beatable team. Uh, this this year, I mean, perhaps they, they were on a bit of a come down after winning the double last year. I mean, where do you go from there? Having always been, I mean, always been the underdogs. They've they're, they're now always got a target on their back. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a tricky one. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to expect from the game, but uh, it seems to be the nature of the premiership at the moment that uh, you can almost get your lucky eight ball out for bet every fixture and they uh, give it a shake and see what see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's possibly a little bit harsh on, on Saints. I mean they had like like you say the cancelled games and they had basically the whole of January um and the last week of December without any rugby. Um and I think like they've they've obviously come back well rested and if you look at their they're a form, they beat Gloucester away, Wasps away and then Exeter away in the Premiership um in the last three weeks. So um you know that's some 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 fairly decent scalps um, and whilst every Bath player with a, a distant relative um, who's been north of the border has been called up um, you know they've um, got, got some fairly I mean uh, uh, Rory Hutchinson in particular um, who wasn't selected for Scotland he's been in the 12 shirt and kind of I think with a bit of a bit of a point to prove he, he's a brilliant player in, in my mind and um, as I say, Northampton in general don't get particularly badly affected with with internationals. So um yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I think they put they put in a pretty complete performance against against Exeter. They were they they were very um very physical. I've only watched the extended highlights, but they were very, very physical. And you know when you look at the back row of Nick Assikwe, Lewis Ludlum, and um, Sean Adendorf, who's a South African guy who's come in, who's, a, um, who's been quite impressive. It's a pretty chunky pack, and my concern um, is that with a scrum that's been been faltering a little bit, and without the the kind of muscle in the engine room that we've discussed, I feel like it it could be um, a fairly difficult um, afternoon if we try and muscle up. That said, I would say that you know we obviously do have. Uh, a nine-day turnaround from Friday to Sunday. So it is kind of the maximum time to to recover and try and get in the best possible physical shape. Because, um, yeah, as I say, I think it's going to be a pretty physical challenge. And If I'm Stuart Hooper, I'm potentially looking at some, you know, slightly different slightly different tactics than, than we've been the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think Saints are a difficult
0: team to gauge, aren't they? Because as,
1: as you say, Charlie, and uh, you, as you both say, they had so much time off with covid it seems like we've barely watched them play rugby this season, but they haven 't actually lost since round three of the premiership and 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 so I do think they 're kind of in a bit in a, in a bit of form and you 're right on that. That performance, extra 206 tackles, I think double extra made. I think if we if extra struggled to to batter the door down from from close range and from from driving walls and the like, then I think Bath are going to have absolutely no chance of doing that. So so maybe we will see a little bit more attacking intent, JJ perhaps back in the 13 shirt, big Mac and tries. I know he's close to coming back. So so with that nine-day turnaround, as you say, Tom, maybe he gets in that back line. Perhaps even Tian Schumann starts at 10. We, we We'll have to wait and see on the team selection. But I think you're right. We'd be wise to maybe try and to expand the game a little bit. Open up for our backs, especially if, as we alluded to, the uh, the, the the lack of second row kind of comes through. But um, yeah, fascinating team yeah. collection, as it always will be. And um, for
0: me, a tough game. Just, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, for me, the the tactical kicking is gonna be really key. Um, and you know, I think when when you look at the bar, very physical to beat Exeter with thirty percent possession and territory as they did is a pretty monumental effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I'm looking at the kind of the obvious weaknesses, is you know um, the, the piano cruiser as we call him, um, Revollo on one wing, and then RC toala at fullback. Those are guys that are, are pretty effective going forwards when a pack is rumbling, as their pack's got potential to do. If you can get the ball over their shoulder and get them going back with Will Muir galloping after them to to continue the horse metaphor, then I think that is that's the sort of um, that's the sort of tactic that I think we need to tweak. Um, for a side like Northampton um, because we need to do something that they're not expecting um, in, in some ways and kind of upset their, their rhythm and their form a little bit. Mm. Yeah, tough game for sure. Charlie, kick us off then with a, a,
2: a prediction um, for, for this one on Sunday. Yeah, it's always one of the toughest ones to call is really for the reasons you guys pointed out. One last thing I'd add would be uh, George Furbank has been stepping in at 10 uh, mm. as last week, which obviously is not, not his... Not his first position, normally playing at fullback, but um, uh, you'd hope that we can try and exploit that in in one way or another uh, and put a lot of pressure on him. Um, but uh, yeah, hard one to call. I'm not going to be one to pretend like we're not going to get three from three. <sighs> I mean, if I'm predicting wins, then yeah, they're going to come. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say yeah, Bath in in quite in a hopefully close affair. Um, Bath are going to sneak it by four. Bath
0: by four. Tom, what about you? Yeah, like you say, this feels like a, a roulette wheel to me. Um, but <laughs> a, a green and blue one rather than a, a red and black one. Um, so in that case, I'll just side with the with with you, Charlie. I reckon we'll um we'll continue our um this, this momentum. I'll go Bath by. What did you go, Charlie? Four. I'll go six. Okay, well, I I might
1: as well split a difference and go bath by fire. I think you're right. It seems like a difficult one to to call, but um, maybe we are building uh, a little bit of confidence uh, and maybe we can uh, go to Franklin's Gardens on Sunday and get a win. Um, Thank you very much for for joining me again, boys. Thank you very much for listening. As I said at the start, please do get in touch with us across socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Uh, Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word on everywhere where you can get a podcast now because we're on Spotify. Um, enjoy the uh, another fantastic weekend of rugby with the Six Nations back, Gallagher Premiership back as well, obviously. So enjoy the rugby and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.